0: Open your Bible to the book of Matthew. We're going to get ready here and, and uh, look into the word of the Lord. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at the parable of the sower. Does everybody have a message guide? Marley, uh, just as I walked up here, Marley gave me a scripture reference. I want to read it to you. It's Jeremiah chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. Jeremiah 4, 3 says, For thus says the Lord, To the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts. You men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of your doings. We're going to talk today about the parable of the soils. And uh, last night... um, just had a really neat um, move of God last night during the service. And, and today, when I talk about the parable of the soils, I really didn't get into a whole lot of, um, you know, about the whole dynamic of planning and, and all of that. And, and uh, you'll see, I just kind of went through the parable, but <clears throat> Frank last night. Toward the end of the service mentioned something about plowing breaking up the ground and plowing the ground to plant and we administered to a number of people here last night and, and the, the Lord just really spoke to my heart and about plowing and here the scripture out of Jeremiah says break up your fallow ground and we're going to see that that as we talk about these four types of soil today, and that one type of soil that received the seed, good ground, sometimes we confuse the plowing of ground. In the word of the Lord last night, and I believe it's also to, to many that are here today, the Lord is plowing your ground, and you are confusing the plowing of the Lord with maybe the judgment of the Lord, or the punishment of the Lord. Do you, do you know that there are a lot of Christians who walk around believing that God is judging them, or God is punishing them, that because they did this, they've caused a negative reaction from God, and God's going to get me now. God's going to cut this off, and God's going to, uh, you know, not bless me here. Oh, I did this, so God's going to take this away from me. It was a horrible thing last night, the... Um, the young lady that got saved told of a, of a friend of hers uh, whose uh, little brother, a small child died. And the person conducting the funeral told the family, well, the Lord took that baby because he knew he was going to grow up and be a bad person. I'm just going to be honest with you, when I hear, when I hear things like that, Those are the kind of things that Jesus got mad about. Do you realize how that misrepresents the heart of God? And how that misrepresents the intent of God? And God plows ground with the purpose of making that ground fruitful. Plowing is not a bad thing. Now it could be an uncomfortable thing don't confuse you being uncomfortable because of the dynamics or the circumstances that are present in your life right now. Trust that the Holy Spirit knows how to do a work in you to bring forth what He has purposed, what He desires. And that is fruitfulness. Amen? Don't buy the lies of people, just because they have no natural... Do you know what we do? We create theologies and doctrines because we don't have any natural explanation for things, so we make something up. Can we just say we don't know as much as God does? Can we just say that there are going to be unanswered questions and we don't have to have all the questions answered? Can we just trust God to be God? Can we just trust Him? Can we believe in what He has revealed to us? And that revelation is, He didn't come to condemn us, He came to redeem us. He didn't come to judge us, He came to save us. Jesus took our judgment right here, even in this scripture. He said, lest my fury come forth like fire. Do you know where God's fury was poured out? It was poured out upon His Son. Do you know where God's wrath was poured out? God's wrath was poured out upon His Son. Why? So that you... And I would not have to experience that wrath. And if you are in Christ, you have been delivered. You are not appointed to wrath. You will not experience eternal judgment and separation from God. You have been delivered from that because Jesus took that wrath upon himself. He took that judgment upon himself. But what God does do, God loves you enough to not let your ground remain fallow. He loves you enough to plow that ground. If you've ever planted a garden, you turn that ground every season, don't you? You turn it so that you can put that seed in there and that seed can become fruit. Well God does the same with us. He turns our ground. Not because he's mad at us. Not because he's trying to hurt us. But because he loves us. And he wants to make us fruitful. That's what he wants to do. So don't confuse. The plowing of the Lord. Embrace it. And let it become something. That will bring life. Expect. That the plowing of the Lord will produce fruit in your life. Because it will. Because that's God's intention. Now, I gave you plenty of time to find Matthew 13. Let's go there. Having said that, I want you you to have that understanding as we look at this parable. Amen? Now, in your message, God, I, I have a first part there that kind of talks about, because I'm talking about man being a vessel. You are a vessel. You're a chosen vessel. We talked about Eve. Eve was a vessel God created to what? To carry and multiply the seed. And where did Eve come from? Eve came from the side of Adam. Adam was a type of Christ. Eve was a type of the church. Where does the church come from? She is birthed out of Christ. And so this this Truth that we are vessels. Today we're going to look at the parable of the soils. Let's go there. Matthew chapter 13. Let's begin reading in verse 3. Let's read together. It says, Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root and they were withered away. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some one hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. I'm telling you, when Jesus makes that statement, you better pray that you have ears to hear. He who has ears to hear... Let him hear. Well, I'm telling you, not everybody had ears to hear. And even the disciples said, Jesus, why don't you speak more plainly so more people can understand you? He says, they don't want to understand me. They've closed their eyes and they've closed their ears. They've hardened their hearts. And through them, the scripture of Isaiah is fulfilled. This day. And he gives this parable of four types of ground. Now, let's go back. Now, let's go forward, I mean, and let's read what Jesus has to say. He interprets this parable. He tells them the meaning behind it. Now, in verse 19, let's read together. Verse 18, he says, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke out the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So we have this parable and Jesus tells them the meaning of this. Now, this parable deals with seed and ground. There is a sower who is sowing seed and he's sowing seed upon the ground. I want you to know this church, the ground, the ground is the servant to the seed. The ground was created for what? For the seed. The ground doesn't produce any fruit. Do you realize that? The ground only serves the seed so that the seed may produce fruit. The ground is also the vessel for the seed. That's all it is. It's a vessel. What's a vessel? It's a container. Paul says we are vessels. The ground is a vessel. The ground is that which hides and contains the seed. It is the place from which the seed is multiplied. The seed is multiplied from where? From the ground. From the vessel that contains it. From the vessel that is hiding it. David said in Psalm 119. He says, your word have I hid in my heart. That I might not sin against you. The ground is the place that hides the seed. So that the seed can be multiplied. Listen. This is so important. The ground, are you listening to me? The ground does not increase. The seed increases. The ground doesn't increase. The seed increases. Jesus said the ground represents what? It represents our hearts. And the seed represents what? It represents the word of the kingdom If the ground represents our heart, that means that you are God's vessel serving and hiding His seed. So that He can do what? So that He can multiply it and manifest it and cause it to increase. You are the ground. You don't increase. What increases? The seed increases. But yet we have learned theologies and doctrines that teach us that we should increase. I'm believing God for increase. Before you know what the answer is, listen, you better, you got to know what the question is, right? If I said, give me the answer, you'd say, what? Well, what's the question? You don't know what the answer is until you know the question. We have a lot of people praying for answers and they're not asking the right question. Sounds real spiritual, sounds real good, but it's not, because it's not rooted in truth. It's not grounded in truth. Here's Here's what John the Baptist said. He understood this principle. I must decrease so that he may increase. See, we need to stop praying the wrong thing. You know what we need to pray? The increase, not the ground. We need to pray the seed increase. God, multiply your seed. All I am is a container. All I am is the vessel hiding the seed. Who's ever planted a flower bed or a vegetable garden? I didn't, I'm not asking you whether it grew or not. I'm just asking, did you ever plant one? When you planted that garden, when you go out and you check it, Because I planted one, so I go out and I check. it. I mean, I go out and I'm, are those things coming out of the ground, you know, and then they start coming out of the ground. You, You guys go out there to see if your ground is increasing or whether your seed's increasing. When you plant a garden, does your ground increase or does your seed increase? The seed increases. Ground doesn't do anything, does it? You ever take a video camera out there so you can record how hard the ground's working to make the seed increase? Tell me, how hard does the ground work to make the seed multiply? Does the ground do anything? No, it doesn't. It just sits there, doesn't it? The ground's not working. You ever record how hard those years of corn are working to become what they are destined to become? They're not working, are they? They're just abiding in the stalk. Listen, David says, Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3, 7, So so then neither he who plants is anything nor he who waters, but God, but God who gives the increase. Now, I just asked you a question. It was a facetious question. Have you ever seen the ground working to multiply the seed? And the answer obviously is no. But, But is there a work taking place there oh yes there is can you explain it I can't I, I don't even think our best scientist can explain it because they can't explain where the spark of life came from, I can it came from God, that's where it came from you might not want to admit that, you might not want to believe that, you might be like those guys in Peter, they willfully forget but I, I know where the spark came from, it came from God He is the source of life. Don't think because the ground's not doing anything, because the ground's not doing the work, that there's not a work taking place. Oh, there is a work taking place, but who's doing the work? God's doing the work. Yeah, there's a planting, there's a watering, but there's only one who can bring the increase, that's God. See, when we start acting like ground that can cause something to happen, then we have We have just bought a lie. What we need to do is understand what our responsibility is. And that is to hold the seed. We can even plant, we can even water. But listen, our responsibility ultimately is to hold the seed so that God may bring the increase. I need to get out of God's way and let Him do what only He can do. So there's four types of ground Jesus deals with here. Here they are. There's hard ground. And the problem with hard ground, it cannot receive the seed. There's shallow ground. And the problem with shallow ground is it cannot endure. Why? Because it says there is no root. Even though the shallow ground receives it immediately with joy, there is no root. Interesting that Jesus would say that. He is the root of Jesse. He is the root. He is the the branch that has sprung up. The problem with that ground, there's no root in it. Then there was thorny ground. The problem with that ground is it cannot make room. And the seed that's sown is choked out. Then you have the last ground. It's called good ground. And that ground cannot fail. Let me say that again. Good ground cannot fail. Cannot. Why? Because Jesus said it couldn't. Where did he say that? He said, it bears fruit and produces. Some 100 fold, some 60, and some 30. He says good ground will produce fruit. It may not all produce 100, but it will produce. Produce fruit. There's only one type of ground. That produces fruit. And that's good ground. There's only one type of ground. Listen. That, that God will bring his increase in. There's only one type of heart. That God will give increase in. And that is the good ground. Of a good heart. Right. You know I used to think I had a good heart. Here's what I would tell people. I didn't grow up in church. But I'd say, you know, I'm a good person. I have a good heart. I care about people. And I did. I was a pretty compassionate pe- man, person, who, whoever I wanted to have compassion on. If I didn't want to have compassion on you, I could be pretty cruel. But there were people I wanted to have compassion on. And when I wanted to have compassion, I was pretty compassionate. And I thought, I'm a, I'm a pretty good person. I've got a good heart. I wouldn't do, there's a lot of things I wouldn't do. Boy, was I deceived. See, a good heart doesn't have anything to do with the type of person you are. (laughs) It has nothing to do with that. Absolutely nothing. And there's only one type of soil, there's only one type of heart that God will give increase in, and that's good. The other three types of ground, listen, the other three types of ground, they do not represent believers. We want to say that those other three types of ground represent believers who are struggling in their Christian life. No, no, no. They don't represent believers. You know why? Because they cannot receive the seed and there is no seed in them, therefore there is no fruit. Those three types of ground don't represent believers. They represent unbelievers who are unable to produce fruit. Why? Because the seed has not been received in their heart. They're lost They're in their sin and they are without Christ. It doesn't even matter if they immediately receive it. And they get real excited about the word of God. If there's no root in them, there's no life in them. There's not. There's not. There's only one type of ground that will produce fruit. And that's good ground. That's it. Jesus told this rich young ruler that came to him. When he said good teacher. And Jesus said oh. Why do you call me good? Because there is only one good, and that is God. And I'm telling you, unless you are good ground, you cannot produce fruit. Unless you have the good heart of God, your ground can produce no fruit. And the only way to get the good heart of God is to do what? It's to be born again. It's to be born again and allow God to put His heart in you. And when God puts His heart in you, when God changes you, changes what? Your nature, changes who you are, who you are of. What kind of ground are you of? Are you hard ground? Are you stony ground? Are you thorny ground? Doesn't really matter which one of those three you are. Pick any one. You are not going to produce... Life, You're not going to produce fruit. Why? Because that seed cannot take root in you. And if the seed doesn't take root, it will not produce the fruit that Jesus is looking for and the only fruit that God the Father will accept. Ain't going to happen. So how do I become good ground? I need to get a good heart. How do I get a good heart? I've been trying all my life to have a good heart. Well, quit trying because you ain't going to get it by trying. I've been trying to change my heart, I've been trying to change my life for years. I've made some progress, I'm a lot better person than I used to be, but you're not good enough. I used to be really hard, at least now I can receive it with joy, I used to not be able to do that. I used to not even be able to walk in a church, but at least now I can tolerate being in one for a while. Who cares? Coming to church ain't going to get you anything. Being in Christ will get you everything. Matter of fact, coming to some churches might hurt you more than to help you. Because all they're going to do is deceive you. Into thinking if you try real hard, work real hard, be real good, then God will bless you. No, He won't. He won't. But if you will let God change your ground... If you'll let God change your ground, that will make all the difference. Well, how do I do that, Pastor Jeff? Get a new nature. The old nature of sin and death is totally, totally contrary to God, totally contrary to his heart. I don't care how good, I don't care how compassionate, I don't care how kind you are, how many old ladies you help walk across the street, how many people you, you assist in your life, how much money you give, I don't care. None of that matters. Your heart is still contrary to God. Why? Because you don't have His heart. Your ground is still unfruitful. Why? Because it hasn't been made good ground. And you can't make it good ground. Only God can. It's the new nature of life of the Spirit in Christ. That is the nature. And that is the heart of God. Because when that happens, when you get a good new nature, what happens? You're not your own anymore. You've been brought into the body of the Savior Jesus Christ you don't have your life anymore you've been brought into good ground you know the only good ground that exists is the ground of the Lord Jesus Christ that is the only good ground there is Amen. do you know the only good heart that exists is the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ that's the only good heart do you know the only place that God will give increase of his seed is in the heart of his son Do you know the only place that God will bring a multiplication of His crop is in the ground of His Son? That's it. And unless you come into the Son, your ground can't produce the fruit God's looking for. Can't do it. Now, if anyone be in Christ, they're a new creation. And out of that new creation, they must renew that mind. According to what? According to that new creation. According to that new nature. According to the new heart that God gives to each new man in Christ. When you come to be a new man, a new woman, a new creation in Christ, guess what? God gives you a new heart. And now you are good ground. You are. Now the Holy Spirit is working. He's always working. But He's working to make your heart now an even more fruitful ground. There's a key word there. It's more. More fruitful. When you were not good ground, you could not produce fruit. Not even one percent. Nothing. But now that you are in Christ, not only can you be fruitful, but God says, I will, through the work of my spirit, make you more fruitful. Look what the scripture says. The more surrendered to his spirit, the more fruitful the ground will become. The more... Surrendered the more fruitful. Look what Jesus said in verse 23. He who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word, understands it, and indeed bears fruit. Listen, if you hear the word because you have ears to hear, if you understand it, if God by His Spirit has opened the eyes of your understanding and that word has been implanted in your heart and in your mind, you know what you're going to do? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will bear fruit. You will produce fruit. There is no question here whether you will or not. Do you see that, church? This is so important for you to understand. Now, it doesn't say everybody's going to produce a hundredfold, does it? It says some one hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So what's the difference? Why are some more fruitful than others? Because some are more receptive to the seed. Because some are more receptive to the seed. That's why. The most receptive to the seed is what? It's the most fruitful. The least receptive to the seed is what? It's the least fruitful. But I want you to understand this. Good ground will produce fruit. That's why it's called good ground. If it didn't produce fruit, it would not be good ground. Good ground will produce fruit. It will produce a measure of fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100. Why? It must because it's good. Because God calls it good. Not because we have made it good, but because... He has redeemed it, and He has made it His ground. Do you understand that? God has taken possession of your ground, and He has made it good. You didn't make it good through your hard work. You didn't make it good through your long prayers. You didn't make it good through your penance. You didn't make it good because you served the church for all those years and never took a dime from it and just gave it. No, you didn't didn't make your ground good by doing anything He Made your ground good because He redeemed you. He made your ground good through the work of His Spirit. You and I could not do the work of making our ground good. Can't do it. But He has by His Spirit. Now listen. We become good ground when we receive the seed by faith. And let God through Christ do what? Possess our ground. And that ground is no longer our ground, it becomes His ground. And He has made it good, and He he will bring the increase of the seed that is planted in it. He will. Ground that is good may not grow anything, or do you know what? Ground that is not good, it may not grow anything, or it may grow all kinds of things. Do you realize that? How many of you guys have a real good crop of weeds at your house? <laughs> the best, I'm telling you what, the, 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 the thing that I've been able to grow the best over the years are weeds. I mean, I don't, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to cultivate them. I don't have to pull them. I don't have to water them. I don't have to fertilize them. I don't have to do anything. Those things will just grow. But how many of you go out there and harvest your weeds and take them to the farmer's market and say, I got weeds today, two for the price of one. You know, if you could get people to pay for weeds, we'd all be rich. If we could just find a market for weeds, we'd all be rich. But you know what? There's not one. You know why? Because nobody wants them. That's not the fruit anybody's looking for. Just because ground will grow some things, it does not necessarily mean it's what God's looking for. There is only one fruit God's looking for. It's the fruit that comes from His Spirit. It's the fruit that is produced from the root of His Son. And if the fruit is not produced from that one root, it's unacceptable to God. It's unacceptable. So what does God do? Why are some 100, some 60, some 30? What's the difference? It's the soil's ability to receive the seed. Now let's go back to what we talked about at the beginning of plowing. Every season, what happens? At the beginning of the season, you plow your ground. You cultivate your ground. You prepare your ground. And then you do what? You put your seed in it. And that ground is a vessel. And that seed, you hide it down in that ground. Why do you hide it in the ground? So the birds won't come and eat it. You hide that seed down in that ground. And a miracle happens. That little seed breaks forth, takes root, it produces a plant. And that plant, from one kernel of corn, do you know how many hundreds of corn kernels you get? Hundreds, probably thousands from one kernel. You see how God multiplied his seed? And every year at the end of that season, you do what? That ground lays fallow for a period. And when it's planting time again, you know what? You plow that ground again. And you saw how fruitful it was last season. You said, you know what? I'm going to get more fruit out of my ground this year. So you work that ground So that what? The ground becomes more fruitful? No, the ground doesn't produce fruit. The ground's not fruitful. It's the seed that's fruitful. But what you do is you prepare that ground so that that seed has every opportunity to be even more fruitful than it was before. Next week, we're going to talk about another vessel. It's called a branch out of John 15. And Jesus said, I'm the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. We could say, my father is the gardener. You think God the Father is a good gardener? Well, I'm going to tell you, I believe he is. Because as far as I can tell, he not only planted the first garden, he created the first garden. It was called Eden. You think God the Father knows how to garden? Oh, I promise you he does. And so what will God do? God knows how to take the ground of your heart. And he knows how to cause that ground to be even more receptive to the seed. See, there's nothing wrong with the seed. You ever planted bad seed? You ever planted seed and nothing grew? Come to find out your seed was old and it was bad. God doesn't have any bad seed. See, if there's no fruit produced, it's not because there's a problem with the seed. It's not because there's a problem with the gardener. If there's no fruit, it's because there's a problem with the ground. And when God, by His Spirit, makes you good ground, that's why I say, I promise you, if you're good ground today, if you have been born again and brought into the Lord Jesus Christ, and He has become the ground that you live from, then you will produce fruit. But maybe, maybe God in His infinite love and in His infinite wisdom wants to make you more fruitful. And God is plowing your ground. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. You probably don't even know what that looks like for you. So don't try to figure it out. Trust God. Trust God in the midst of everything that's happening in your life and around your life. Trust God. Yeah, but Pastor Jeff, the enemy's dogging my trail. That's okay. God's defeated him. And you have a record in Scripture of how the enemy meant something for evil. But guess what? God took it and he used it for good. I'm going to tell you what. God plowed the ground of Joseph's life, of Joseph's heart, for almost 25 years in Egypt and Joseph, I believe, had every opportunity to say, God, what have I ever done to deserve this? I didn't ask for those dreams. You gave them to me. And look what it's gotten me, God. But he didn't. The scripture says he never lost faith. He trusted the Lord. And in every circumstance, he trusted God. And do you know what? When it was all said and done because... Of what God did through Joseph's life. Do you realize that God was able to preserve the prophesied seed of Genesis 3.15? Because Judah was saved. Judah didn't die in the famine. Why? Because of what happened to Joseph. Because God had a plan that man couldn't see. Joseph couldn't see it. His father Jacob couldn't see it. His brothers couldn't even see it when they sold him to those slaves thinking they had gotten rid of him forever for good. And lo and behold, 25 years later, they end up in Egypt fearing for their lives because here is their brother Joseph they thought was long gone and he is second in command of the most powerful empire on the face of the earth. And he holds their very destiny in their hands. But praise God, Joseph understood who was the Lord of his life was the one that was guiding his ship and guiding his destiny. He said, brothers, don't worry. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Can you say that? Can you say that in the midst of the plowing that might be taking place in your life right now? Even though you might not understand it, can you trust God that what he wants to do and what he has promised To do is to bring fruit out of your life. What we need to do, I believe, is stop asking why and just start saying, Thank you, Lord. I didn't say thank, I didn't say thank him for bad things. I'm saying, Thank you, Lord, that you have promised that I am fruitful ground. Thank you, Lord, that you have made me good ground through the, the death and the life of your Son, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, that you have brought me into life. Thank you, Lord, that you have promised to multiply your seed through me. Thank you, Lord, that I am fruitful ground. And God, I don't know how much fruit I'm producing, but Father, I thank you that you know how by your Spirit, you know how to make me even more fruitful. And I don't care what the enemy means for my evil, for my demise. You are Lord of my life. And I'm not going to look to the left. I'm not going to look to the right. I'm going to keep my eyes focused right on the Lord Jesus Christ, the author and the completer, perfecter and finisher of my faith. That's where my faith is, right there on Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have promised that I am fruitful. I thank you, Lord, that you have made me a vessel, a container For your seed, your very presence lives in me. And I thank you, Lord, that you have graced me to be a vessel, a place that you will multiply your seed from. Can we have that kind of faith in God? Can we say, Lord, however I must decrease, let me decrease that your seed, not me, but your seed can be multiplied through me. And if somebody says, boy, that's some good ground there. You know who gets the glory? God does. Because you know who created it? God did. People come to Central Texas and they look at that old black clay. And I'm telling you what, it's not any good to build in, but it'll grow anything. This is the most fertile soil on planet Earth. Did you guys realize that? This ground around here is the most fertile soil. There's no more soil. There's no soil that's more fertile than this. Horrible to build a house in. It's not even any fun to work if you're a gardener. But I'm telling you what. It is fertile. I can't take credit for the good ground. Because I didn't create it. God did. Are you the ground God has created? Are you the ground... God has possessed. Are you ground that God has redeemed and taken. To be his very own. His very own. The word of the kingdom cannot take root. And cannot produce fruit in any heart. That is not the good ground of Christ. It's only. It's only by the power. Of the Holy Spirit. Working. To bring about a transformation. The ground of men's hearts can receive seed even with joy, but the seed will not take root. It will not produce fruit unless a heart has been transformed into the good ground of Christ. How? By the power of His Spirit. See, the quicker we realize that, church, the quicker God can increase our fruitfulness. Because the harder you try to become fruitful for God, the more you get in His way the more you are hindering your ability to receive freely that seed that He wants to plant in you. And if you will just let God do what God has promised to do, if we will just let the Spirit of God take control, He will increase your fruitfulness. Can I tell you this, if you're coming to this place hoping that the Spirit of God is going to do something in your life, what you're telling me is that you're giving God an hour and a half on Sunday morning to do something in your life. Can I be honest with you, I've got people that tell me, well you know Pastor Jeff, I'm disappointed because I don't see the Spirit of God doing, doing something in the service. I said, really? So, you think because you don't see with your natural eyes something, the Spirit of God is not doing anything? Help me, Holy Ghost. You know what that is? That's the mentality of a Pharisee. That's the mentality of a Pharisee. They're blind and they don't know it, they're looking for something with blind eyes. And they can't see the reality of what God is doing. So, what we're saying is, God, you got an hour and a half on Sunday morning or Saturday night to do your work. And if it doesn't take place in this building, then I guess God's not doing anything. Really? Really? If you're in this place and you're born again today, do you realize the Spirit of God dwells in you? Do you understand that the Spirit of God wants to work not just in you, but He wants to work through you? You think the Spirit of God can move at H-E-B? How about the Shell Station? God forbid, you think He can move at your house. (laughs) (laughs) Say, no, me and my wife, all we do is fuss and fight. Well, maybe, maybe that's why you don't see God moving. You ever thought about that? Well, that's why I come to church, because I want to see God move here. Well, maybe you're not going to see him move here until you let him move somewhere else. Maybe he's moving and you don't even know it. He moved last night and I didn't know it. Actually, I gave a word to that young lady last night. And I'll tell you exactly what happened. I gave her a word and I came back over here and I was standing here. And here's what my natural mind said. I don't even know if she knows the Lord. And God spoke to me and he said, she will. She will. She didn't come up here. She didn't say a prayer after me. But when when the Lord gave that word to her, she was crying. And I knew God moved in her heart. She left. She came back with Trish. And she told Trish, she said, I gave my heart to Jesus during the service last night tonight. Now, I didn't see Jesus walk over to her and lead her to himself. But I saw, I saw the Spirit of God moving upon her. I didn't sit there and try to figure out what, was God, what God was doing, because I, 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 it's not my place. It's his place. He's our Father. We're his children. He has the responsibility to bring the increase. not you, not me. But you and I do have a responsibility to be vessels, to receive that seed, to decrease. I go back to that scripture, Jeremiah. Thank you, Marley. Jeremiah 4. Look what it says. Jeremiah 4. And I'm closing with this. Break up your fallow ground. Do not sow among thorns. Look at verse 4. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the four skins of your hearts. You know how God's going to make you more fruitful? He's going to cut away. He's going to take away the things that are hindering your ability to receive his seed in a way that it can become more fruitful. The problem is, there's a lot of things that we don't want God to cut away. There's a lot of things that we want to hold on to. We don't want God to circumcise our hearts. You know why God instituted circumcision? Because it was a picture of the the cutting away of the flesh. It was a picture of the cross. It was a picture of taking away the flesh. So what? So that God could live in us by His Spirit. The flesh is dead, Paul said. Because of sin. What is it? What is it that you don't want God to cut away from you? What is it that you keep holding on to and God says I love you so much and I want to make you more fruitful but you're not allowing me to do it? So God keeps plowing your ground and you keep asking God, God why does this keep happening to me? God, why, 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 God, why, God? And God's saying, because I'm trying to make your ground more fruitful. But you keep resisting me. Will you surrender? Will you surrender? Will you quit living by sight? Can we start walking by faith? Can we stop limiting God to an hour and a half on a Sunday or a Saturday? Can we believe that God desires to move everywhere you go, all the time, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week? Do you have faith that what God wants to do has nothing to do with what your desire is? It's His desire. Does the ground say to the sower... Don't plant corn here. I want squash. It doesn't. Does the ground say to the sower, "Don't plow me"? It's uncomfortable. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Because the gardener knows that ground exists to multiply seed, and I've redeemed that ground. That ground is mine, and I will plant in it. I will plow it. I will make it fruitful. God knows how to do it. He knows how to do it by His Spirit. Can we trust the work of His Spirit? Can we, church? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to dismiss. If you have to go, I'm going to res- I respect that. I know people have schedules. and You might have to go. But I'm going to ask the worship team to come back. I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. And I'm just going to give you an opportunity. I, I'm not going to pray over you. I'm not going to lay hands on you. I'm going to give you an opportunity, whether you sit right in your pew, whether you come to this altar. I don't really care. But there are some people here who need to surrender to the Lord. You need to surrender. There's some things God. That's the word of the Lord. God wants to circumcise your heart. He wants to cut away the foreskin of your heart. And you've been holding on. And you don't want God to, to take that thing. You've been trying to figure out a way to have it both ways. And God says, that ain't going to happen. And praise God that he loves us enough that he will not. He will not allow that to be so. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand. If you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you're not good ground. You're one of those other three types, but you say, Pastor Jeff, I want to become good ground. I want God to take possession of my ground. I want God to redeem me. I want to be fruitful ground, a fruitful vessel for his seed. If that's you and you're ready to surrender your life, surrender your life to the Lord Jesus, would you raise your hand? Is there anybody? Anybody, anybody, anybody.